Welcome to Views from the Floor Podcast. This is Nico. Just cause. Yo, what's Taz? We here, man. Another week, another day, another beautiful day. How's y'all week, man, fellas? Been great. Been great. Pretty good. Yeah, my my week is dude. I'm telling you, the more. The more this year goes by, the more I get busy. I'm behind on fucking so much shit right now. So much shit. It's it's unreal. I've been ripping running all day. I got a wife's car to go take your service. Yeah. I put new tires on the Corolla. Man, we should have took my car too, my nigga. What's up? <laughs> shit, I didn't even make that cable for you, bro. I've been it's, I've been ripping and running. I, I got my Xbox uh, Ethernet cable hooked up to this, so I'm closer to the box right okay, now. Okay, all right. Um, but I, I got you, though, bro. I promise. Oh, I appreciate it. Take your time, man. Yeah, yeah. I promise. I got you. I got a whole list. I got, like, a whole list of shit I got to do. But I'm going to knock that bitch out. In the next two days, shit is just going to start popping up, and it's like, yeah, Nico again, but whatever. Um, Yeah, man. Shit been straight, though. Been cool. Oh shit! I didn't even tell y'all who I saw. So Tuesday we had to go down to Clemson. We had to uh, we had to redo some shit down there, but that's neither here nor there. So we in the um, you know, we was working in the indoor practice facility. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have practice that day because I guess they had practice the day before or whatever. They didn't have practice that day, so I wasn't expecting to see nobody. Go up these spiral staircases where uh, our wire was. Fucking, I look over, I see these three just muscle bound dudes. You know what I mean? Just, just big for no reason. I look, had I did a double take, and in my body, I wanted to shout his name out, but I didn't do it. I played it cool. It was C.J. Spiller. Ah, yeah, man. I, I, I almost geeked out a little bit. I was about to say, yo, what the, f-? like. It, it, do you know who you are? <laughs> you know what I mean? mean? Like, do you know who you are? Yo, fam, your picture is literally like 60 yards right there. You know what I mean? Like, like a damn, like, it's like looking at a human form of a goat just walking around, just chilling. You know what I mean? Like, just chilling. It was cool, man. It was cool. It was cool to see somebody like, um, you know, like that's, around your age mm-hmm. like go through his whole career like I mean we seen him coming out of high school into college and he was great in college and then go into mm-hmm. the league and have a full career and now coming back to coach at his alma mater is just like damn man that's fucking cool as hell I thought that was pretty cool but I, I kept it cool you know what I mean I kept it G you feel me um there was one, it was one time I freaked the fuck out when I was younger. I was, I, I was maybe a junior in high school, went to a Panthers camp. But for the life of me, I can't remember his damn name. He played corner and he was from Ohio State. I can't remember his name now. Played corner, Ohio State. Play for the Panthers? Yeah. Huh. Hey, you old nigga too? I gotta put that put that in there. Two thousand was this two thousand five, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was two thousand and five, nigga. Dang, why you gotta do it like that, Justin? Chris Gamble. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, Chris, yeah. Chris Gamble, fam, I freaked the fuck out. I got his autograph. I freaked the fuck out. I couldn't, I couldn't fathom he was in front of me. Like I, I couldn't understand. And what's crazy is like, it's not like, it's not like I haven't seen people that I've like, like watched on TV like sports figures before. I mean, hell, you know, Ray. Like I grew up with him. You know what I mean? Like, he's one of those guys on the set. I'm just like, you know what I mean? I see him, I guess, because I grew up with him. I'm just like, yo, what up? 
You know, like if I ever seen them, if I ever like if I seen them tomorrow, I'd be like, yo, what's up? But for some reason, I freaked the fuck out. And I also realized that training camp too that uh, Julius Peppers is, a, is an asshole, and no nobody can ever change my mind. He could truly be the nicest dude in the world, but he was an asshole that day. And you can't tell me otherwise. Until I see, until I see him not be an asshole, he's a fucking he dickhead. <laughs> <coughs> anyway, speaking of dickheads, um, you think Will Smith was a dickhead for slapping uh Chris Rock in the mouth? Partially. Explain, sir. So. I see it from many different sides, right? From one side, it's kind of like, for me, it's like, as a man, I've done some shit that I ain't proud of because of my anger. You know, and he acknowledged it, and you move forward, that's all you can do. However, I think especially as black people, we have to understand that when you upset and then they can't put their hands on you, there's not a... there's never a time when you need to be resolved to physical violence first, especially in mixed company. I agree. <laughs> now, I do understand I do understand support, protecting your wife. Mm-hmm. Right? And especially the circumstances behind it. If you, if you see, like, the thing she posted, like, a few days before, talking about her insecurities, then... She also said something about like award shows give her anxiety because it's always all the all these eyes on her and things like that. And I, I think that that coupled with that, we don't know the conversation they had yeah. before that night. We don't know what happened that might have triggered that. So it's like you never know. But also, it's like right is right and wrong is wrong. And he's a comedian who his job is to talk shit. That's his job. And you know that going in, even though I do believe that that shit was a setup. Because all of the jokes that was spoken about them were all done by black people. And all of those jokes was written. So it's like, oh, that's that's a little, you know, weird for me anyway. But yeah, I just think that there was never a point in time where he should have went up on that stage and put his hands on him, even if he was protecting his life. I agree. I said I agree with the sentiment. I don't agree with the method. So yeah. he, my thing is, if it was me in that situation, I would one. It was it didn't beget physical because there was no physical done to me or my my spouse. If I'm willing the situation, so. For me, it's like, you know, I get you're trying to protect your wife. I have no problem with you being confrontational verbally like you was. That's perfectly fine. But to get up there in front of all them people and whap him, I was like, I was like, ooh. Uh, one, the joke wasn't all hey, that. Nigga, you do that from Right, the joke wasn't all that funny. I mean, it wasn't all that bad, my opinion, because Chris Rock did come out and say that he didn't, uh, he didn't know that she had alopecia. So I was like, okay, I, I can let that slide. But it's also, he's a comedian. So where's the line drugs? I know we talked about last episode. Of yeah, the where's line. That, where's that line at? You know what I'm saying? Now, of course, you're not going to talk, but it's, it's also a comedian's job to take the challenges of life and try to put a little funny spin to it. You know what I'm saying? To try to lighten things up. You know, of course, you're not gonna like say something like that to a cancer patient. You're not gonna do that. But then again, you might because you're trying to bring laughter and joy. But phys- like him getting up there and slapping, totally out of order. Check that man. And it's like somebody was like, Well, when do you when do you do that? I was like, if the person gets physical or if a person is invading my space, and I'm like, yo, chill. That's when I'm probably going to result to physicality. So, initially, when I saw it and everything, I was like, 
I love everything Will did. I still stand on it. Um, my thing, my thing will be this, and it will always be this. When you take a job as a comedian or somebody that's going to speak on some type of platform, and you're going to talk about somebody, and I said this on the other pod. If you feel the need to talk about somebody, it doesn't make you bulletproof to what reaction may come. True. I don't give a damn if you're a comedian and that is your quote-unquote job. You have every right to say whatever the hell you want to. But you can't tell anybody how to react. Or what they should be offended by. That's facts. No matter how big or small. Granted, we say a lot of harsh shit. We say a lot of harsh shit. But we... But... That doesn't matter. Because all that matter was... Will did laugh it off. Like normal, like... Every celebrity does. Ha, 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 whatever, whatever. It'll come out in a couple of days. They didn't like that shit. But if you see when Will is laughing it off, Jada is not. So when they pan the camera to Chris, some type of quick exchange happened to where he felt the need, I'm going to go do something. And to me, it kind of feel like Will didn't go up there with the initial, like, I'm going to slap him. Because he wasn't in a slap a nigga stance. You nah, know what he mean? came and I'm going to knock your fucking head off. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I don't know, bro. It was just like, that's my thing. It don't Comedians are not bulletproof. And a lot of, like, I'm not saying he should have did it. I'm not saying he should have did it. I'm not saying he should have did it. All I'm saying is, if you say something, if you say something about somebody's wife or somebody's kids, you should always be prepared for something extra to happen. Because I know for me, I know for me, there's two things that's off limits. My wife, my kids, period. I don't give a fuck how you feel about it. It don't matter how you feel about it. It don't matter how anybody else feels about it. It matters how I feel about it. If somebody says something about my wife, I try to laugh it off and I look at my wife and she's disturbed by it. Now I'm disturbed by it. Period. It doesn't matter if I was just laughing at it or not. And another thing, I'm the type of person, you say some disrespectful shit, I will laugh and put pause on you at the same time. I know a lot of people around me that's like that. If you ain't never seen somebody that laugh and still get their shit off in an angry way, you ain't been around too many people. That's one. And then the last thing is, people got to stop acting like he murdered somebody. Bro, somebody said this is the worst thing I've seen on TV. Nigga, people stormed the Capitol. Yeah, what are you talking about? It's like fam. We watched George Floyd get... Yeah, it's like, yeah. No, say it, Taz. We watched George Floyd have a knee on his neck for nine minutes. Right? For nine minutes. And people are acting like Will Smith slapping Chris Rock was the end of the fucking world. They act like Will Smith was one punch man. Like, he ain't got that much power. (laughs) And he wasn't really in the I'm trying to fuck you up stance. It was a quick little slap. And and this is real. It was a quick little... Let's not act like in this world... Oh, go ahead, bro. Let me cut you off. It was a quick little slap. He he did look over his shoulder like, is this nigga going to come after me? Then when he realized he wasn't, he flapped his jacket and went to sit right back down. It's like, fam, all these actors and actresses talking about how traumatized they are three days later... It's like, no, you're not. You're just, you're, you're just trying to add to it now. I have a question. The ones that are triggered and traumatized, what color, what, what, what complexion are they? 
All right, so uh, one person that I uh, Amy Amy Schumer Amy Schumer put it up. Heard what she uh, said on on her Instagram, but all her the it began with you need to watch my new show and get tickets to my new tour, and then it went into how traumatized she was. Uh Uh, Wanda Sykes, who went on Ellen, talking about she was sickened and she's still a little friend who gave her her shot. Yeah, like. Who is who is traumatized by it? It's wow. like okay, and then um, uh, Jim Carrey talk about I would have sued him for two hundred million the next day, and how sickened he was that people stood up and applaud for him. The man did one thing and he fucked up, right? He fucked up. He shouldn't have did it. But you're going to take the man's accomplishment away because he fucked up in a moment? All these people are acting like acting like emotions ain't never got the best of them. And then they wanted him to get kicked exactly. out and charged for assault and all this stuff like that. It's like, fam, one, Chris Rock ain't going... Chris Rock ain't doing that. No. Nah, because that's just not the type of person he is. He's not fucking doing that. But he is going to flame that nigga in the special, though. He's going to flame oh, him. He's going to flame him. He's going to flame his wife, his kids, everybody. He's going to flame everybody. But again, there's consequences to it. And that's all I got. Yeah, that's what I said. That's a consequence. And I feel like the only people who really should be upset is his family. Because if ain't nobody going to slap nobody, none of my friends or family, and I don't feel them type of way. Right. I'm going to be upset, nigga. Oh, so, okay. yeah, that's it. I got a question. So I know they were talking about taking his um, his award away. They're not gonna do it, of course. Well, Whoopi said they're not gonna do it. You know, she's on the board. No, she's like, we're not taking his award away. They contemplated it, but they ain't gonna do it. Yeah. But did they take away Harvey, Harvey Weinstein's? Absolutely not. That's what, what he do. that's what I'm saying. Like, yo, fam, Hollywood's a nasty fucking place. And all these people talking about all these people with thick skin are talking about how traumatized they was by somebody getting slapped for disrespecting somebody else's wife. Trauma. Relax. Like these niggas out here, they cheating on their spouses. Yo, fam. All the time. Fucking Jim Carrey got sexual allegations on him, and they was looking into him for when his uh his wife OD'd. Fucking Zoe Kravitz said something. They've been getting her ass the fuck up out of here on Twitter. Talking about yeah. how she was talking all sexual to Jaden when he was 14. Niggas. Yeah, heard about that. All these people got receipts on all everybody that's saying how traumatized they are three days later. Receipts they got receipts on all these people. It's like, fam, everybody, everybody <laughs> feel Yeah, right. It's like all these Hollywood people don't realize they live in glass houses, bro. Like, you do realize y'all been famous for a very fucking long time. And nobody comes out clean out of that. <laughs> nobody fucking comes out clean. You got this one person. You got this one person who don't have character flaws. Have a major character flaw. Which ain't really a character flaw. It was... It was... Pure emotions, and people want to write think pieces about what he got going on inside him, and all this I mean, stuff like that. Now, it's like, fam, what it really—it it, it feels like to me what it's really come down is, I can't believe Will Smith, a black man, did that on a prestigious white award show. Exactly. Because if this was the BET Awards, nobody would have said anything. Because this is like the prestige they put on the award show. And it's just like what you said, Jay. He did it in front of mixed company. That's what I don't like about it. You do that shit in the back. You do you do that shit in the back. Because you know the stigma that's going to be put on all of us. And that's, of that's one thing about being black is it ain't just about. And another thing, we as black people, we got to get our shit together because... All jokes aside, no matter how you look at it, Chris Rock was assaulted, right? No matter how you look at it. He was. How y'all making jokes? Like, y'all making jokes and shit. Like, he is the person who did something wrong. We can't try to move the goalposts based on how we like people. 
somebody does something wrong, they do something wrong. And this man did something wrong. And he, he said, I did something wrong. Yeah. Right? He owned it. And, and owned it. And like I said, the only people who can say something is his family. And Tony, you know, Tony Rock said what he had to yeah, say. Yeah, Tony Rock said, listen, and that's what I told, I forgot who I said this to. But I was like, fam, if that was Tony Rock that uh, he slapped, no, you said you said that's in the, the, the yeah yeah right? yeah I, yeah I told y'all if it was Tony Rock, bro, Tony Rock would have been nah, they would have just been fighting on stage. <laughs> but it's but Chris, also go ahead. it's Chris. Anybody afraid of Chris Rock? It ain't even that. I, I feel like I feel like with Chris Rock, the reason why because I felt like he wanted to swing because if you. If you yeah, see he after he the, got he slapped, his, his fist was right there, and he was like, "Nah." And then when you told him, "Keep my name's wife, uh, keep my wife's name out your mouth," and he was like, "I'm going to." And then he was it's like, "But I should." And then he was like, "Never mind." And then he just kept on going because in that moment, Chris Rock wanted to flame him, bro. Like he he was gonna flame this man. If that was Dave Chappelle. The that the war show would have been paused. It would have been nothing but jokes. Another thing about that, I'm glad you brought up Dave Chappelle. People said if that was Dave, he wouldn't have happened. If that was Hove, that wouldn't have happened. If that was uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, that wouldn't have happened. If that was Kevin Hart, that wouldn't have happened. You know why that wouldn't have happened? None of them would have made that joke. That's fact. Exactly. So we got to stop trying to put people in the same situation. Because yes. if they was in that situation, not many people are gonna make a joke about another man's wife. They just not. And, and it, we gotta we gotta also understand where that comes from. Where the um the award show only started getting like that in the late eighties, early nineties. Before it was just about getting your award and recognizing the people who came. It wasn't about creating a whole big show mm-hmm. and all these things. It's like I nigga, like at the end of the day. On the flip side, that was the culmination of everything he's worked for in his career. You think he wanted to fuck that up? Right. That's what I I'm think. Saying. I think also it was insensitive to be saying some shit like that on the day you know this man. Because come on, everybody knew he was winning that award. Oh, yeah, absolutely. On, on that day to, to have that type of shit out there, come on now. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that just don't look right for me. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, it was fucked up. It was fucked up for Will to do it, but I mean, I I know what I would have did in that situation. I would do the same thing. So like, again, that's not even me justifying it. It's just saying I get it. I get why he did it. It was a fuck up on his part. He apologized. He apologized. He apologized to Chris. You know what I mean? Like. Everybody's going to be good. Everybody's going to make even more money from this. People need to stop being overdramatic, saying how traumatized they are. Right. Relax. Relax. It's okay. Like, But where was the security? Who knows? I mean, what? It's Will Smith. You're not thinking he's going to go do that. Right. That was that was a, a no, pure shock no, thing. No. But still, nobody should... But it's a TV show. Been able to get up on that stage. Yeah, but it's anyway, a, I don't care who it is. Yeah, I, it's I don't a, care who it is. That wasn't smart. Yeah, it's a TV show too. At the end of the day, if they got a bunch of security guards around the stage, that's gonna look away at the Oscar. So it's just like I don't know, bro. But you still, yeah, that that was. I don't know. It's just, it just, it's starting to feel more and more like the more and more people talk about it, if it, it's starting to feel more and more. Not really even his actions. It was just like, how dare he? Like, even with him yeah. staying, even with him staying and then him getting the award and everybody gave him a standing ovation. It's like, yo, fam, he fucked up. Like, he fucked up. And then time moves on. Like, time moves on. Like, he messed up. Everything calmed down. And when everything calmed down, you move on. The man, like, y'all wanted him to not receive his award because he fucked up? And the fuck up wasn't even, like, if we really keeping it a bean, was the fuck up really that bad? 
or is it really that bad because one is on TV, two is at uh, the quote unquote prestigious, prestigious white award show? Like, like the if this was the uh, you know what I mean the NCAA oh fuck I keep NAACP awards and he slapped Chris Rock. What happens there? The same thing. They're going to calm his ass down. They're going to sit him down. Relax. You go over here. You go over here. And we're going to keep the show moving. Period. It do suck. I mean, it does suck that the war was given out for... um. The award right after that was to Quest Love. But, you know what I mean? Like, Quest Love still got an Oscar. The moment might have been slightly ruined, but he still got a fucking Oscar. Everybody knows Quest Love got an Oscar. Everybody. And then people was bringing up, oh, but this is also going to distract the fact that um, Samuel Jackson got an Oscar. No, it was the day before. Huh. No, it's not. And then I was like, they didn't even care about giving them an Oscar because they didn't even put it on the main show. Well, no, but though that honorary Oscar is usually done like a month before. It's not usually not even done like that. It's, it has usually its own separate ceremony that's not on TV. So you know how people are, man. They're going to try to take yeah. everything they can, put it into it, blow it up. A, a, a man got slapped on stage for disrespecting somebody else's wife. We can go on and on about it, but at the end of the day, all you motherfuckers that's saying how traumatized you are being overdramatic. Way fucking overdramatic. You're not traumatized. You're not shaken up by it. You're not sick to your stomach. He didn't kill nobody. He didn't stab nobody or anything like that. He slapped the man for disrespecting his wife. If you can't understand why he did that, and you can't understand... That he said, you know what I mean? He messed up. And he apologized. And you still want to take something away from him? Then it's a bigger issue here. Period. And that's all I got on that. And speaking of bigger issues. Taz brought up something to us in a group chat. That um, it's pretty interesting. That the NFL is uh, bringing to the table now. If you'd like to uh, take over the floor, sir. Oh, you want me to introduce this? Absolutely. You brought it to the table. was not prepared. You brought it to the table, baby. Okay, well, give me a second to find it because I <laughs> did not <laughs> prepare myself for this. But anyway, so the new Rooney Rule. So they're going to revise the Rooney Rule. They're going to include females. Um, in the uh, hiring process for NFL teams, uh, whether that be head coach, offensive coordinator, special team, uh, any type of position, positions coach, um, they're going to make it that you interview a female candidate. So how y'all feel about that? Okay. <laughs> interview. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, um, I feel the now, same way. Now, the other thing that I, that I put in there was, I don't think that's a part of the Rooney Rule. Um, oh, wait, that is. My bad. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's another part to this. Every team must add a minority offensive coach to their team. Wow. Now, how y'all feel about that? <laughs> I feel like they we didn't just... Ask for this. <laughs> Yo, fam, I feel like they just... They tried too much, man. I, f- I feel like Americans Americans get in their own way when it's trying to do something good. I feel the same. Because it's like, yo, fam, the Rooney Rule was put in place for good reason. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't mind having black players, but... You still don't think black people are smart enough to coach these players. So it's like um it's like 
right, I understand why it was put into place. But now it's like, all right, you're just making a mockery of us now. Like, it's just like, okay, now you know there's a true problem with the Rooney Rule, and now you're going to expand on the problem instead of fix. The only thing that's going to fix it is take away the Rooney Rule. If you take away the Rooney Rule, then you really start seeing some shit that's going to happen. That's that's facts. Because now you have you have a law, you have, not a law, you have a rule in place that says, hey, NFL, NFL teams, you have to do this. If you take the rule out, if we see that it doesn't happen anymore, the speculation becomes a confirmed fact. That if you're not going to, if you don't want to hire black or minority coaches, you're not going to interview them, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So take the rule away. But I, it's it's I get why they did it. I ain't gonna like it, but they did it, and I think it's 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 laughable. But you know, okay, I got adding the adding the female in the equation. That's dope. Cool, but. They're not gonna hire them either. They're not. <laughs> yeah, they're like, not. Like because all you, all you see is what what do you have these hires these women hires they're basically just what um what are they called I forgot what they call like specialists like they come in and yeah. help with certain things and that's it yeah know what I'm saying so I mean it's it's laughable because you put something you have something in place already. Um, that basically says, hey, you have to do this. You have to do this. If we take it away, that's really going to show the true complexion of the NFL. It's going to take it's going to take the NFL to have coaches like Bruce Arians. Yeah. Because Bruce Arians is a guy that's like, I don't give a fuck what you look like. I don't give a fuck who you are. It all comes down to, can I work with you? Do you know football? See, and that's the thing, like, that's why I love the 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 fact that he moved to the front office position mm-hmm. and he gave the job to, to Todd, Todd Bowles. I love that move, reason being. Now, what you do is you have these coaches. What it's gonna take is this is what it's gonna take from, from my standpoint. You have to you have to have people who don't look like us infiltrate to I'm not saying to create, but sometimes you need that leverage. Where someone who doesn't look like us gets in there and says, "Look, ha, ha, I'm about to change this thing from the inside out." Wait, hold and on. It opens up a door. Hold on, I just thought about this. Mm-hmm. Now that Tom Bowles is head coach, Brian Leftwich is the Brian mm-hmm. Leftwich is the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Is Raheem Morris the defensive coordinator? Ah, he is down there, isn't he? That's a good wow. That that's crazy. That's a good question. The top three spots of that team. Hang on, let's look at that. Damn, nah, he's wow. defensive coordinator of the Rams. Okay, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. Okay, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That would have been crazy though. It's like your top three. Your top three spot. The top three spots on this team are black coaches. But yeah, I mean, we. My thing is. We should people should want to hire black coach. That's why I said. That's why I said. I always say this: have a addendum of qualifications that you have to meet. Like, look, I want you to be. I want you to. You gotta hit this qualification. This qualification. This qualification. You hit these qualifications. You're a great, you're a great candidate for us. It's like put it in place now that I know for a fact that going in, I have these qualifications that I meet. So why am I not being hired? Am I not a good fit? Okay, I'm not a good fit. That's cool. Let me know. Oh, the men's team qualified. It's like this. I feel like they be using this shit just like they did affirmative action, right? Um, to, yeah, that's, that's basically what this is. Put it in your face. That's the only reason why you're here. That's basically but, what this is. But at the end of the day, you know how much work that even, especially the women do, how much work they do to get to this point. Everybody who gets to this point is qualified for the most part. Yeah. Who even gets to have the conversation to even be a head coach. Nobody is just 
like you ain't seen no white people, no black man just jumping in from being no um special teams coach to be the head coach. You see that shit for the white people, but you don't see that shit for us. And that shit ain't happening for us. You gotta like, niggas be done had hella guys before they even get there. Yeah, like we have to like jump between the ranks of different position coaches just to even get a look. Like, oh, you come in as a you know special teams special teams assistant or whatever. I'm an mm-hmm. assistant. Okay, cool. Now I become a, a special teams uh, coach. Okay, now I want to you know flex over to defensive coordinator or something like that. You they you jump you jump around and then. Oh, okay, now that I've had this years as a defensive coordinator, let me try my hat on as a head coach. You know, it was like we have to prove ourselves. We can't just just walk in the door and go, "Hey, I want to be a special teams coordinator." Special team coordinator after a year, "Hey, I want to be a head coach." Then get hired as a head coach. Now it's like we have to put in the work. But then you look at people like Keenan McCardell, right? Mm-hmm. Pro Bowl, All Pro wide receiver who becomes a coach, and he's stuck as a position coach. He can't move anywhere else but a position coach. And he qual- got qualifications to move Same up, but he just doesn't. Yeah. I mean, we don't know the whole situation with Eric B. Yeah. But, I mean, given his track record, the man is well qualified for it. Um, I have my opinions on that, but I think that he's waiting on Eddie and Andy Reid to exit stage left. Um, so he could take over that team, but yeah, they said um, coaching hires after March first don't have to have uh, have to go through the process of the Rooney Rule. So mm-hmm. uh, the Bucks did right in giving him the uh, the job, even though he's black. But whatever. Um, but he's proven that he could be a head coach. Yeah, they gave him a five-year deal as well. But um, another thing, though, it ain't even really about this, but it's about this. And I'm about to go on a rant real quick. Go. Yo, the Glazer family is pieces of shit, B. I just want to say this. I got I to gotta throw this out here, right? Oh, it. Oh, the it. Glazer family who owns the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is a piece of shit. A real good piece of shit. If they gave a fuck about Manchester United like they did, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, United would still be the biggest club in the goddamn world. All they did for the last 10 years was run them into the fucking ground with them pieces of shit. I ain't even from over there. I just like the team. And they got me hyped and shit, nigga. Got me fucking hyped over here. We we done spent all this fucking... I, I'm saying we now. We done spent all this fucking money on all these goddamn players and can't even get top four? Top four! We are fighting to be in fourth place, my nigga. To go to Champions League next year. You know how fucking trash that is? That's like the Yankees... That's like the Yankees... That's like the Yankees being in the cellar. And they got the team that they got. It's like they got. It's like they got fucking. It's like they got Babe Ruth and them on the fucking team. And them niggas is in fourth place. It don't make sense. It don't. It don't make sense, bro. It don't make sense at all. They are true pieces of shit. And I don't even I don't even like owners like that. I don't give two shits about owners, but these motherfuckers, they are pieces of shit. That's all I gotta say. And and this is saying a lot because he's a Knicks fan. Word. That's what I'm saying. I don't even got this much hatred for for Dolan. Dolan should be. Dolan should get the fuck out of there. Excommunicated. Yeah, he should. He should get the fuck out of there. But the thing about it is, it's not Dolan keeping players away from the garden. It's it's not him. He just don't really care that much. But the the machine is running. With the machine can run without Dolan. Yeah. We just it's, had a string of bad luck this year. We kind of got all the pieces we need. Now nah, Julius Randle got to get up out of there, but that's another conversation for another day. But nigga, I'm on a rant right now, but nigga, the Glazers got to get up out of there, bro. They got to. My damn favorite soccer player is about to lead the club for free. 
can't even get nothing back from him. Popeye was just going to leave. You know why? He, go, he say, I weigh in my options. What? I don't have a French accent, so I can't do his accent. But, <laughs> damn, I, you know what I mean? He weighing his options. He, he's just trying to focus on football right now and all this shit like that, blah, blah, blah. The nigga house just got robbed while he was playing the Champions League game. Nigga house got robbed. All damn. the fucking tabloids, all the fucking tabloids are saying, oh, and his two kids was in the house with the nanny. Hell yeah, while he's in the middle of playing the game. Oh, snap. Hell yeah. So it's like... He dealing with that. Then, when he go play with France, the English media is just trying to tear him a new one, misquoting what he said, misquoting what he said, and all these tabloids and all these like big time newspapers and shit. You said Paul who now? Paul Pogba. And it's just like oh, the black, the black guy. Yeah, it's like fam, why I need to be here? I'm a World Cup winner, my nigga. You know what I mean? I win trophies everywhere else I've been to. I don't need this shit. This nigga gonna leave. Nigga gonna leave. Midfield gonna be just trash next year. Oh, the Adidas guy. The guy from... Oh, the Adidas yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. Fucking... Nick. He's, he's got the complexion for correction. Ooh, you better say that, Taz, because I was about to say it. <laughs> I'm about to say And this England blue? Get the fuck out of here. Oh, I just want to say... My dislike for the Glazers is at an all-time high. Because these niggas in England, these these niggas in England, they just like, you know what? They they hate them because they ain't there. I live in the States, baby. I'm a couple states away from these niggas. And they just got a successful ass franchise down there. They they come, you know what I mean? What was it, two seasons ago? They won won a Super Bowl? Mm Mm-hmm. They was all happy as hell with the trophy. All happy as hell. It's like, my nigga, you got... The equivalent of the Yankees overseas, and you just like, you know what? Nah, whatever. He, he plays for Manchester United? Who, Paul Pogba? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my nigga. What if you go to the other Manchester team? Nah, that that won't happen. He won't do that. Okay. He won't do that. He won't do that. The reason why, because he's a uh, he's a homegrown talent. Got you. Okay. Yeah, like he was in the academy. He ain't going, he ain't going there. Ain't no fucking oh, way. He oh, he was in the academy. It's not like so. There's a guy on Manchester United uh, named uh, Jaden Sancho, right? He was um, a Man City youth. Like he he went through their academy, but then uh, they sold him to uh, Dortmund in Germany. Mm. I mean, he became a motherfucking wonder kid. And then he wanted to come back home. And Man City didn't want him. So he went to United. But I don't think he would have went. I don't think he wanted to go to uh, Man City anyway. He wanted to be at United. Pope Pogba left five, more than five years ago. He left to go to Juventus, went to Juventus, won trophies there, and then he came back. Because his mama told him, he was like, you'll be back. <clears throat> Sir Alex Ferguson didn't want him to go, but he's like, yo, I just want to go try some new shit. So he went to go try some new shit, won some trophies, came back. They ain't put a proper team around him, and all they did was complain about how Pogba ain't get it done. It's like, fam, he's one person, and he play in the midfield. Y'all ain't said, you know what? We can move on. We can move on. I don't want to talk about this no more. Because all, <laughs> all I'm going to do is just keep cussing out the Glazers. But anyway, um, you got a black as fuck for us, sir? Yes, yes, sir, I do. All right. Well. All right. So on this segment of black as fuck, what I want to talk about is the responsibility that we as black men have in our communities. All right. Ooh. All right. So I don't talk about it much, but I've been kind of, I've been mentoring kids since I was a youth, right? Because I don't do it. I do it for the churn. You know, you got to make sure that the babies is good. And I've seen just off of having somebody they can talk to, 
and see that as an example. And I ain't perfect. You know, sometimes I have my Will Smith moments. I might smack a nigga. I might pistol whip a nigga or two and back in the day. But as you grow, you learn how to use those moments of weakness into teachable moments. And there's a lot of kids who don't have mentors and uh, people that they can look up to. Hell, even just somebody that they can have a conversation with. And uh, being able to see that is a beautiful thing. But I think a lot of us don't even want to take the chance to do that in our communities. All right. And I understand some of the reasons. And some some of them are political reasons. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to. They feel like these kids nowadays ain't going to listen to them. They going to do whatever the hell they want to do. They talk, they look a certain way and all of that. But the moment that you start thinking like that, you're doing a disservice. A disservice to these kids, but you're also doing to them what society does to them. You're writing them off. Mm-hmm. And just talking to these kids, you just go out there, you'll understand that. A lot of them are just very much misunderstood. And they really don't know how to express themselves. Like, who the hell really did know how to express themselves as teenagers? Sometimes you have to, it, it takes a while. But having somebody there who can kind of guide them accelerates that. And not only just as it pertains to like mentorship, but our presence in the community as it pertains to how we are, allow people to treat each other and how we allow people to treat our women. And how we treat our women. And that's also a big part in your presence. Because your presence is how it feels when you're around. And us as black people, as black men, especially in our communities, how it feels when we're around is we're an afterthought now. We're seen as, look at this nigga. Or you're about to cause more trouble than you're about to help something. And I think especially especially now as we see all this divisiveness as it pertains to political affiliations sexual orientation it is so important for us to be emotionally stable enough to have conversations in our community and be the change that we want to see because a lot of the issues that befall the black family is because the man has left his position as a viable source of a lot of things, whether it's being the the comfort of being the person who takes care of the family. But you, if you're taking care of the family, you're not just doing that financially. You have to do that emotionally, emotionally. And as it pertains to our community, it's like we drop the ball. We do. A lot. And it's very important to be active, to be seen. And I'm not the most, you know, social person, okay? I don't don't like doing that shit. But I make sure that I always give back to the community and I always give back to these kids. No matter what, you always have to make sure that they know that you care. And if they can't come to somebody else, they can always come to you. Like that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's facts. I know. Um, just thinking about that, the, um, like the youth, especially if they come from broken homes or single family homes. Um, these kids, they harbor a lot of emotion. And they don't know how to, like you said, they don't know how to express themselves. You know, do they have those safe spaces where they can have those emotional outbursts in a controlled environment with people that can know how to maneuver those outbursts and emotions? You know, it's like we have to create that within our communities. You know, like I said on this, I said this uh, last week on on High Def was, we got to have that village mentality where if you have a family that, you know, dad's in jail, dad's dead or just gone abandonment, like we should take on the responsibility of seeing that though that family 
feel secure that those kids are some have some form of structure within their household, not just within the household, their community. You know what I'm saying? So when we create those things for them to express themselves um, constructively, not destructively, oh, it helps the, it it helps them to grow emotionally, not just physically, because a lot of times we grow physically, but emotionally we're still broken. You know, so we have to create that within our communities and like mentorship, like bro mentor with uh, Victor Dura. Um, he's doing an excellent job with some young men and I'm going to connect with him soon um, because that is that is needed. It is needed within the urban community, you know, um, especially with us, because like you said, we have the complexion for correction. We make one wrong mistake. That could so, be it. That could be it. You know what I'm saying? We don't get a lot of chances. Um, or we're, we already come in with one strike. So, you know, so we need to create that within it. And it, it all starts, it starts with, it starts with every, every black male, um, really saying, look, we want to, even if you're not from that community, um, but I mean, it means more when you're from that community because they know who you are, but we should also have people like that, you know, if you're for outside, the community, bring in resources to help help a community develop and thrive, so that these young these young men and women have constructive ways to grow emotionally. And it and it's many different ways to do that. If you if yeah. you are the person who can do it, you if you good at writing grants, write a grant. If you good hey, at yo. if you can teach a virtual class, do that. Like. If you can just give resources, like yeah. you state, if you can give like care packages, things like that, do that. Like, just with, we're not gonna, we're not gonna go nowhere if we keep allowing like differences of opinions and mm-hmm. things like this to stop us from actually being a part of our communities again. Because now we're just living in our communities; we're not really a part of them. That's facts. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, one day, one day for sure, we definitely should, at us as views, as a collective, should do a mentorship program. Sure. And I can, I can, I can um, reach out to Victor because we could partner with Bro Mentor. Yeah. I mean, he's already got the platform already there. So, it needs, yeah, that definitely needs to be a conversation to, um, to be had for sure. For sure, here in the, in the near future. That'd be cool for us to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. To give back to the community and and show people that. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't really matter. It, it could take something as little as just talking to people or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whatever. I mean, you'd be amazed at what talking does to people. Like, just to have someone listen to you. And you don't have to really, like, respond or listen to a respond it's just you know you just need somebody to talk to let that go i got you yeah man yeah yeah um i appreciate that black as fuck sir you uh you know what's crazy is you always know when to say when to say it regardless whether it's you know on the pod or outside the pod so i definitely appreciate you with that um thank you brother you got any words of wisdom for us, Taz? I don't. No words of wisdom today. Hey, but no, I, no words I got one. I got one. <laughs> I got one. I ain't going to go elaborate or nothing like that. It might be a little <laughs> bit too crazy. But all I'm going to say is, hey, man, if you, ain't got, if you ain't got nothing good to say, just shut your fucking mouth. Period. Just shut up. It yeah, costs... Man. It costs nothing to shut up. Nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all, baby. You can shut up. You you can run your mouth or you can do something even better. Shut the hell up. It's fine. It is fine to shut the hell up. If something got you so perturbed that you just want to go and rant about nothingness that don't fucking matter, Shut up. Let's be quiet. 
Let me tell y'all something. My homeboy DJ in college, every time he felt like he used to cross a boundary, he used to always say these words. I still say them <laughs> shit. He always just say, let me shut my fat ass up. <laughs> and this wasn't even fat. Let me just shut my fat ass up. Yeah, he know. When he used to say that, you know, oh, he's got to cross a line. Sometimes you got to shut your ass. Just be quiet. Listen. It ain't needed. It costs zero dollars and zero cents to shut the hell up. Just shut up. It's fine. Because when you open your mouth, and then other people get perturbed, and then you got a problem on your hands. A problem that all could have been solved with you shutting your fucking mouth. That's all. That's all I got. How I do, Taz? I almost added something that was not needed. I'll give you a 7 out of 10. A 7 out of 10 for that? Yo, fam, you got to relax. Yo, I, I need at least an 8.5. Okay, at 8. least 5. an 8.5. I'll give you an 8.5. Right, cool, I'll cool. Give, give you an extra oomph for effort. Hey, man, I tried. It might not have been as eloquent as yours, but you know what I mean? Taz would have been like, you know, I was reading, I was reading the book of Joseph the other day, and it had <laughs> some passages. It had a passage in there that just resonated with me, and then in that passage, in that passage, it was like, you know, if Yo, you fam, go, just shut up. <laughs> if, if you're going down the street and you hear something that you don't like, just, just mind keep, your business. Just keep on going, because God is trying to see. He's trying to test you. He's trying, trying to, to see, see if you're if, if you listening. If you're paying attention. God trying to see if you pay attention. Yo, oh, that's, oh, I can't hey. even keep going. Yo, that's why. God does. trying to see if you're paying attention. He does. Sometimes, though, am I lying, Taz? He's going to throw something out there to see if you're paying attention. Oh, yeah, he'll definitely throw something out there that makes you pay attention. <laughs> Hey man, I just need to know this, Taz. Before we, before we really get up out of there, after months and months and months of this resonating with you, are you mm. now ready to accept the fact that "I'm in Love with a Stripper" is a gospel song? No, I am not. That is wild, son. You gotta come to my side on this. I am not. I am not. I'm in love with a stripper. Oh, it's the most ultimate. It's the ultimate, ultimate Nick, gospel record. That is that is sacrilegious. No, it's not. <laughs> Sacrilege. That was the greatest. That was probably the greatest explanation breakdown of the song. I've I'm ever just heard saying, in bro. Fucking life. I'm, I'm oh just saying. My God. I'm in love with a stripper. It's a gospel record. He starts it off as a gospel record, bro. No. First. First verse is a gospel he does record. Pass. You will he, not. You will not corrupt me. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> you know what's crazy? What's crazy about I'm in love with a stripper is when I did that lyrical breakdown of it, I did it with no lyrics in front of me, but I knew every word. We all know the words of the song. Listen, listen. Yeah, the body of a what? Of a goddess. Who? I'm just saying, man. What's her skin color? I don't see. What is her skin color, Taz? Butter pecan brown. Pecan brown. <laughs> and who was the original people? Black people. And what was their skin? Butter pecan, pecan brown. And how the Pentecostal say? I both see. <laughs> hey, 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 just. Don't you beat, don't you, don't you dare. Hey, hey, just. <laughs> Where did the lady? Where did the lady come from, Just? I'm not starting this. Where did he I'm come from, Just? Hey, Just. I don't know. I, I, I don't gotta. Know. Keep, I gotta keep going. Where did I he don't come know where she came from? Hey, man. I don't know where she came from. She came down from the ceiling to the floor to his feet. I don't know nothing about that. To his feet, bro. I'm just saying it's a gospel record. It is a gospel record. Okay, I'll give you this. I don't know which gospel it is, 
But yeah, it could be a gospel. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's in the Take book of David somewhere. Take, Take that gospel. Yo, it's, what books are you be looking at? <laughs> it's in the book of David for sure. Absolutely. That is in the book of Nick. Hi, <laughs> right, nigga. Look, I'm just. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's a gospel record. Hey, everybody out there that's listening, I need to take a poll on this. Y'all tell me what's what. Is T Pain's I'm in love with a stripper a gospel record? And we're going to end it with that. <laughs> always remember no matter the view, it's always with respect. And that's another episode of Views from the Floor podcast. <laughs>